Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! Alright, up next we get Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, and they're talking about the big boss man versus Mr. Perfect. Uh, since Heenan manages hitting it this time, uh, Heenan's, you know, cutting a promo on that big dumb hick from Cobb County, Georgia, you know, big boss man. So um, mm-hmm. after that, we go to the back, we get Regis Philbin. He's with The Undertaker and Paul Bear. Uh, this is the famous promo where Undertaker measures Regis Philbin for his casket size. <laughs> Oh, which this episode, man, Regis also would have been another good pick for the third Raw host, to be honest. I loved oh, yeah. having both Regis and Trebek hosting. This thing was pretty fantastic. I mean, yeah, Trebek I, was I fun. think Regis would have honestly been too hard of a get for every episode. Oh, you can't afford him. <laughs> He's a super big wrestling fan. Like, yeah. Yeah, they would always have... I remember whenever I was, like, do a, have a sick day, you know, in elementary school, I'd be at my grandma's house... And we would watch like Regis and Kathy Lee and like uh, Price is Right and all that kind of good shit. But uh, occasionally on Regis and Kathy Lee, you would catch like a wrestler. They'd be like, you know, he'd have like The Undertaker on or I think he had like Diesel and Sean on at one point. Desile. Um, yeah. So he used yeah. to have everybody. Yeah. They, they were, they were, they were, but Regis was a big wrestling fan like he was a from back in the day he probably went and saw like all the old matches back in like because he he went to the university of like notre dame so he's from like i think the chicago area oh okay plus he could afford tickets man yeah for sure (laughs) if there's someone that can afford to see whatever he wanted you know know he got those shits comped oh yeah (laughs) next uh alex trebek is with demolition crush smash and mr fuji alex tries to compare wrestling to answering questions on jeopardy um, we get back to Alex Trebek, who's with Tim Rue and Katow. Uh, what follows after that um, is a pure example of how 90s WWF was racially tone deaf. And I'm not going to glorify any of the tasteless stuff, like the jokes that were being said during nope. this interview. Yeah. Uh, they portray Tim Rue and Katow kind of as people who can't really respond to Regis at all. Um, that's unfortunate. Um, the only yeah. good part of this that I thought had any like humor to it was when they mistook Regis for Kathy Lee Gifford. That's pretty much it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I think that like the 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 uh, both Tenru and Katow were incredibly uh, patient. Yeah. Uh, you know, with with and and you know they 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 played into they 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 participated in the bit, right? R- regardless of how dumb or you know like they they did their part they you know, and and I think that speaks more volumes for them than it does for the poor writing like the the fact that you know they were, you know the, the all the all well, a lot of a lot of the wrestlers from Japan are always just consummate workers they are Mm -hmm. just guys who are dependable who come and do their job and and give you 100 percent when when they come and and like you know obviously that's not you know they're they're not a monolith not everybody's like that but you know generally that's like the impression that you get from japanese workers in america is they always come with their fucking boots on ready to work right yeah exactly Next up after that is Trebek again, and he's got uh, Damien uh, and Jake the Snake with him. Uh, he's interviewing uh, uh, Damien and Jake. Damien is uh, supposedly, according to Jake the Snake, Roberts asking to be a contestant on Jeopardy. Um, of course, <laughs> Trebek quickly lets us know that he doesn't really dig snakes, just like Sawyer's song. So, uh, just like Sawyer's song, he is, song, he is the smartest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is he is he a says, he is a wealth of knowledge. He's like, if anyone knows what snakes can do, it's Alex Trebek. What is I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no thank you, Mr. Snake. Ooh, I'm right. in double jeopardy. <laughs> but I guess the only like silver lining to like all that, you know, bullshit reddick earlier 
is that Tenru and Katao, when they face demolition, you know, um, they end up winning the match, you know. Um, one thing I forgot about demolitions, Freddy Krueger, like entrance music that he had, that they had that short time, you know, it was originally like a, you know, very, you know, metal rock and roll type entrance they had mm -hmm. back in the day. But during this time, they had almost like a spooky, like Freddy Krueger, Mankind-esque kind of entrance music. Oh, nice. Um, Hitting that synth. I, <laughs> I did... I did uh, pop when uh, Heenan called Katow hand towel. I couldn't help but think that was funny. I was like, he said hand towel <laughs> instead of Katow. Because, I mean, that's just, mis that's just mispronouncing your name. Yeah, well, everyone's got to have a gimmick. Yeah, I guess you're the hand towel. <laughs> the hand I don't towel. Can, can I be a bath towel at least? <laughs> Fuji, Mr. Fuji, he hits uh, Katow with a cane early in the match. Um, the match pretty much... In my opinion, you guys can let me know what you think, but it's kind of a typical demolition double axe handle fest. Um, yeah, it's I was gonna yeah. say typical demolition match like the yeah, it was Tenru pin smash after a difficult power bomb. He had a hard time getting uh, getting that Tenru is not small, and he had a hard time getting him up into that power bomb. Um, mm -hmm. According to Sports Kita, this is the this match would take place shortly before demolition split up. Uh, this actually being their last televised match. Uh, of course, uh, this wasn't even Accent Smash here. This was uh, Crush because Accent left in 1990 at this point. Mm. So, Crush Bra. Crush Bra. Shaka Bra. <laughs> uh, next up is Mean Gene interviewing the big boss man. We're getting ready to see the Intercontinental Belt put up for grabs. He's mad at Mr. Perfect for hurting his mama's feelings. Uh, <laughs> It's it's, it's I mean, an unforgivable crime. I'll be yeah. honest. <laughs> it's a it's a reason for an angle. Yeah. Um. It is easy to forget what a good promo Ray Trailer Big Boss Man was, right? Uh. He was oh, a yeah. really good promo. Um. Really good in ring worker too, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later during the match. But I mean, just all around, you kind of forget that he was a good promo too. Um. He's scary, that, man. He's huge. <laughs> he's, yeah, a he's a force. A like. Yeah. He is. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be under those fucking boots. <laughs> like, no. Come on. <laughs> and then uh, after the promo by Bossman, they went over to Sean Mooney, who was with Mister Perfect and Heenan. Uh, at this point, Heenan makes a reference to what I believe was the Rodney King incident, and Mister Perfect doubles down on the rhetoric. Uh, the Rodney King incident happened on March third, nineteen ninety one, and WrestleMania was March twenty fourth. So, yeah. I think it was fresh on minds at that point. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I was. I was a huge uh, mark for face big boss man, despite my feelings for law enforcement and, uh, you know, prison guards. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, I, I really like big boss man. Yeah. And uh, well, you've said, I, 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 you've gone on record. You're like, if there's a big guy who's doing the damn thing, that's going to be your I, guy. That's my guy. And he right. could talk. I love a big man who can yeah. talk. Uh, that yeah. is my bread and butter. It's a problem with big guys. They can't talk. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're no, not wrong. I, I mean, like, I love, yeah. I look, I love the way that Braun Strowman looks. But the, and, and he's, you know, Adam in real life seems like a really cool dude. Yeah. Look, I, talk I, everyone shit. knows Andre the Giant was known for his diction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are you, lady? In the body, want a peanut? <laughs> really do Bet you wouldn't say that if he was alive. <laughs> uh, no, I would kidding. not because well, it depends. If we're talking like yeah. 1970s Andre, Hell absolutely no. not. If we're talking like 87 Andre when he can barely just walk, walk briskly. What I mean, doing? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it because like then I'd have to deal with like one or two yeah. of the like handlers that he has around him <laughs> yeah, who are exactly. like would beat this. Like if, if they weren't big dudes, one of them would like, is like a Frenchman with a lead pipe in his right. jacket. He would just beat the crap out of me. What was that wrestler Pierre, <laughs> the one eyed guy? It was him. Yeah. Yeah. Pierre. Now I'm just or, imagining the princess bride, but they're all roided <laughs> up. Like it's just literally his trio where one looks like dreaded pirate Roberts. Like and it's, the a, other is an Brother, like it's you a really killed my father. <laughs> Like it's you a really my brother, brother. that's uh, falling down the hill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my, brother. oh my god, it would be Andre, Hulk, and Macho. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> There's a fantasy booking for you. 
Yeah, this match. Oh, well, was now, successful. now, now, I think we know our next reading that we have to do. Oh, <laughs> I'm down. We'll prepare oh. that. Oh, you guys, you guys want to put it together? Do do a do a script? Uh, 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 Princess Bride with Macho Man Hulk and Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> you seem a good man. I hate to kill you. <laughs> uh, so, Mr. Perfect versus Big Boss Man. Uh, boss man really could we mentioned it before he could really move for a big man and the match was yeah. good because you had the selling of mr perfect and he had the speed of the big boss man so it was a good combination um i love the spot where boss man shoves perfect's head into the corner turnbuckle uh you could see perfect jump on both uh bottom ropes so that he got like maximum height on his flip uh after he took that turnbuckle shot to the face so yeah Great match. Yeah, oh yeah. No, I, I also Sorry, uh, I was listening to you and then all of a sudden just like keep go keep going. Yeah, yeah. I was I was enjoying what you were saying and then it's like, oh no, I I uh, uh me too. <laughs> yeah. Also Bossman's uh song is a banger. Hard time? No. Hard time? Let's look it up. Everybody's doing hard times or something like that. Yeah, like that song is just a banger. Like <laughs> Andre, he's a good one. Kind of harkens back to Dusty a little bit there too. Hard times, Daddy. That does, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I wonder if there's any relation there. Well, yeah. I mean, Dusty, Dusty did uh, start Ray Trailer. Uh, he put Ray Trailer with the uh, Midnight Express as Big Bubba Rogers. He created oh, yeah. Big Bubba Rogers. That's true. Big Bubba Rogers uh, debuted against Dusty Rhodes, so it would not be unheard of for you know him to pay a little homage and but uh you know it, it know your just, roots i mean yeah. yeah i did not know that he yeah was dusty. yeah oh yeah dusty i mean that was when dusty's doing his matches in i think it was mid-south against uh the midnight and they were you know you know so J jim Cornette's mom sat down uh you know a bodyguard for him because you know the his wrestlers were getting beat up by by mean old Magnum TA and and oh, yeah. you know by by uh, Dusty Rhodes and all and uh, they sent down Big Bubba Rogers and there's a there's a great story about uh, how Bubba got hit with a chair like and we're talking like a one of those old wood uh, wood based folding oh, yeah. chairs you know what mm -hmm. I'm talking about the steel and wood mm -hmm. and uh, Cornette you know tells one of the one of the guy one of the you know ring guys to, to to gimmick up the chair make it so it'll break mm -hmm. uh, i think maybe it's thunderbolt ross it's somebody that's yeah. a comic book character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, think was, I think it was general thunderbolt ross yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sergeant slaughter sir slaughter, yeah, yeah it, was sergeant, it was cobra commander who uh <laughs> no but so, so it they, all blurs together you're like uh he should. I still think he should have gone with the cell block tango as his entrance. Uh, <laughs> so they 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 forget to gimmick up the chair. Yeah. And Dusty hits him with it over the head, or someone hits him with it, and it legitimately breaks over his head. Oh wow! And he's just standing there, like wearing it like a necklace. <laughs> and I you're just like, there's footage wow. of that, right? There's there has to be. I I'm feel sure. like I've seen that shot. So one thing that I totally forgot was that Andre comes out during this match. Um, at this point, you know, he's not at a good stage. He's like pretty much walking on crutches almost. Yeah. Um, he had just turned face, I believe, and he's coming out and he's threatening Bobby Heenan. Uh, Andre grabs the Intercontinental title, which looks like a replica, a tiny little replica in his hand. So, and Perfect is distracted by all this, of course. And uh, Andre, he tags Perfect with the belt. Uh, when the ref isn't looking. Um, unfortunately, Boss Man cannot capitalize on this because he's still hurt. Um, by the time he actually gets over to pin uh, Mr. Perfect, he just gets a two count. So another match ends when Haku and Barbarian come out and they actually attack Boss Man. I kind of forgot about the ending of this match, but I remember, you know, as soon as it happened, I kind of remembered it, how unsatisfying it was. Yeah. The, the match in that way. Andre yeah, beats up all the hills, and outside the boss man wins by a DQ. Um, right. That means perfect keeps his belt. Yeah, kind of lame ending. Cool, it cool was. middle, cool beginning, middle lame end. Yeah, it's kind of odd that they had him 
celebrate it like he won something when you know he won by DQ. Yeah, they play their music anyway. Like they, the Fed does that all the time. They that was big back then. I mean, they do that now. Still, they play the music of the guy, but (laughs) you know they're never happy because they didn't get the title. But um, Bossman was acting like he. Yeah. did win the title like and then really won something yeah and then oh. he, you know like the ending where like uh uh andre was just walking away i don't know what that was all about yeah and then he went and follow him and then they celebrated together <laughs> that is what makes odd, him a good heel though if he's just kind of taking that ending yeah that credit for it you know where it's <laughs> just like i earned this it's like <laughs> all right whatever <laughs> so did you guys see did you guys notice speaking of the ending um where andre was talking to boss man uh and you couldn't hear what they're saying he was kind of like talking person like, yeah, yeah. Like, i was kind of wondering what he was saying there i don't know uh, wrong answers peanut. only please yeah. anybody want a peanut boss man <laughs> yeah I, uh, I, honestly that's yeah <laughs> they're flawless um so also during this match why didn't mr perfect get disqualified for wrapping his hand with a belt and punching boss man oh he uh, hit it remember he hit it, did he the it? yeah oh, okay that's another uh I, that's another thing that was you know like that's mr perfect professional okay. so they he hit him with it and then thing. yeah then he hit it and then like when they went looking again is when he brought it up again then he just threw the belt away Next, we uh we we cut to the original four horsemen: Donald Trump, Chuck Norris, uh, Henry Winkler, and Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Again, I love these wonderfully dated. That's the correct Yeah, man, that's that's like that. That is, I mean, God, if Donald Trump wasn't on that, I would be perfectly fine with it. Yeah, because it's just like. Oh, what a weird group of guys. Yeah. Were they heading over to that island after the WrestleMania was over with? Uh, <laughs> Epstein's <laughs> Island? Yeah. Possibly. Steinbrenner was also there too, oh, apparently, which yeah. if you really want to get like dated <laughs> at all. I don't know yeah. if he's played by Larry David or not, but you know. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Norris was name dropping. He was saying like his he was a fan of Hogan, Gorgeous George, and Tanaka was in a movie with him. Uh, Henry Winkler said he was glad the Ultimate Warrior won, and Lou Ferrigno seemed legitimately overly excited about Hulkamania, like the Hulkster later. I don't know. He was really excited. Bob Costas was apparently supposed to show up too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did hear something about that, but he like ended up not doing it. Yeah. So, Chuck Norris, do you think if it were the, the Federation of today, mm-hmm. do you think, and, and Chuck Norris was the age he was then, so, like, you know, what I would call like 30s, like late prime Chuck Norris. Like, yeah. we're, we're not quite into the Walker years. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's, I would still say he's probably pretty fucking tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was doing like, like, like silly action movies at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like sidekicks. Like, yeah, yeah. But, like, do you think they would try to get him, like, kind of like how they did uh, with Stephen Amell? Or oh, is it yeah. Jason I mean, Amell? Why not? Yeah. Which Amell? Oh, oh is Stephen Amell. I know what you're talking about. It's yeah, Stephen, where they brought yeah. Arrow on. That Arrow. was so fantastic. I, I would be surprised if uh, if Chuck Norris at that time wasn't at least approached. Because if you're going to bring, you know, he's going to be in the building and him and Trump are all buddies with Vince and everything. You've got to imagine at least something got said like, hey, let me know if you ever want to do anything. Goddamn, pal, well, you want to well, yeah, throw what, a kick at Dino Bravo. Exactly. I was going to say, at what point, too, did they start having, like, celebrity bumps? Because I know they always do a thing where they'll do, like, a fake, like, right. celebrity setup. Yeah, that's but a what, good question. That's I don't know. Who, I'll, I don't have know to, I'll have was. to look that up. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to look that up. Let's let's you know, let's do we'll do all do our own homework uh, on it and come back. You next brought week. up uh, Stephen Amell. He actually has a show on um, about Star wrestling now. Yeah. yeah, it's just about wrestling. Mm-hmm. Call Heels. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. I love Stephen Amell. I think he's I the only reason that I stuck with that. Yeah, I, I the, those CW shows so long is yeah. because he's awesome. Well, they picked the right actor to kind of spark that universe for him. Oh yeah, for sure. And his brother's not far behind him too. Like he is definitely like, uh, they've got that. They're doing that whole like, what's it the uh, like the Chris Leo the Hemsworths or whatever. Oh, you know, yeah. where it's like, I'm here too. Have you guys <laughs> seen those episodes yet, Song? 
Uh, no, not yet. I, he was promoting it on a podcast I was listening to uh, okay. with uh, Michael Rosenbaum. I gotcha. Ah, uh, is Michael Rosenbaum uh, a wrestling fan too? I'd believe no, it. No, no. Okay. But he he had, he had some wrestling on his show though. He had Batista on there. Yeah, I think he had Triple H on there at one point. So nice. We're checking out. Yeah. I love Michael Rosenbaum, man. But we're oh. not promoting other people's podcasts. So no, let's, man. Let's just delete all that. <laughs> but if they want to come on our podcast, yeah, there you go. <laughs> we can cross even a we'll cross promote. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, so next match was Earthquake versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, so this is basically a time filler match. Uh, Let's take Greg. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you see? Did you see the? Yeah, I watched the video too. Uh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, Greg Valentine is yeah. just the bah humbug. Oh God! Like, like he just looks like he just looks like the most miserable piece of shit Human. in the world. Like, yeah. Uh, Earth, Earthquake defeats Valentine with the Avalanche pinfall. Um, Hammer, le- uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. He left WWE shortly after this match and eventually landed in WCW. I actually watched a YouTube video where Hammer says he didn't mind jobbing to Earthquake, but that they originally gave this match four minutes, and he says he got really pissed off about this. Uh, he says basically he raised hell to get seven or eight minutes, but he was still pissed off, and he decided to leave for WCW. Um, yeah, he says he quit because of that. Yeah, he, yeah. He, oh, who, who wouldn't be on his side now? This well, well, the thing is, the thing is, is if you give Greg Valentine seven or eight minutes, five of those seven or eight minutes are going to be rest holds. Mm. He's he's garbage. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's not garbage, but he's like he's yeah. he's he's, he's he not good. Me. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. It seemed like they were kind of more willing to work with them on it or now. now. But, but I will say this. I do believe that Greg Valentine could in real life beat up the Nasty Boys. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is going to be a new game that I play called Who Could in Real Life Beat Up the Nasty well, Boys? Yeah. <laughs> nasty or nah, brah. I think this speaks to the, the general ego of the professional wrestlers, right? We have, like, Greg Valentine. He's a tag team mid-card guy. But yet he's like, I can't believe they won't give me more time on Mania. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, come on, dude. Right. Uh, well, because because in, in Greg's mind, you know, he's he's like, I mean, he's still got the Pacific Northwest, like, right. kind of in his mind. He's like, this is, I'm, I'm, he's got the dog collar Valentine, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he's remembering the the dog collar matches he had, the, you know, or the, the, the mar- matches with Ricky Garvin, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, next up, we get Sean Mooney with the Leisure to Doom, and they cut a super cheesy promo on Power and Glory. Uh, it was like horrible. It was like the worst uh, Legion of Doom promo ever. Um, but we get Legion of Doom versus Power and Glory, Paul Roma and Hercules. Another squatch match to add to the pile. Early on, Power and Glory attack Legion of Doom before the bell. Uh, but very soon, Animal pins Paul Roma after a doomsday device. Um, LOD finished the match by posing and make the we want the belt gesture. So you know that they're going to be gunning for the Nasty Boys soon, right? Uh, right. I absolutely believe that the uh, Legion of Doom Road Warriors could beat up the Nasty Boys in real life. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. That, well, when that came up, I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> the best is like, his, he, he has to, right? <laughs> like... Could you imagine Brian Nobbs trying to fight off Hulk or Animal? Yeah. Who was your favorite road warrior? Animal. Okay. Song? <laughs> Song? No, just... Yeah, Animal also. Animal? Yeah. Okay. Sawyer? Do you have a... I, too, am a devout animal fan. Yeah, I like the Hulk, man, but, you know... Did you? I, I don't know what it is about Animal. He looked more, um, I, maybe it was the full face beard. Yeah. I mean, I love them both. But... Or the goatee, yeah. rather. Like, he yeah. just looked more approachable. Approachable? <laughs> yeah. Neither of them look very approachable. No, neither of them. <laughs> do, are, do, where, do we, where do we fall as a podcast on calling them LOD versus Road Warriors? I mean, I'm going to refer to them a Legion of Doom because that's who they were at mm-hmm. WrestleMania 7, but... Uh, but but you know interchangeably, I might accidentally say Road Warriors because that's who they were originally. You know? Yeah, I. 
maybe I've just not seen enough of their matches, like maybe the good old matches of mm. like Road Warriors in Chicago versus Luger and Sting or shit like the that. Chi Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like the, the Rumble in Chi Town right. and all that kind of shit. Maybe maybe that's the problem. I do not like them in hmm. the Fed. They are yeah, not. I know they're terrible in the Federation. Like I, I just don't enjoy them. I don't really. I don't think they fit. Well, don't like, you think they? They're they, too they, tough. A, <laughs> too similar. Too much similar to Demolition, and Demolition mm-hmm. was uh, WWF's creation, and Vince Correct. is always going to push that above yep. the guy from the other place that came from the other place. And even though yeah, the demolition was a copy of the right. LOD, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, depending on who you ask, yes. But yeah, I was gonna uh, say, depending if you yeah. if you ask, yeah. um, yeah. What, what's the no. no, no, I no think, if you ask, uh, what's his I, face from demolition? Um, not Barry Darso, but the other one, uh, um, Axe, Axe, yeah. If you know. like, I, I know he was like. He, he would claim that they were not a copy of anything. Like I've watched oh. shoots of him being like, "We weren't a fucking copy of anything." Right. I thought I thought that he was. I thought the demolition was kind of like the uh, Deadpool to a DC. Uh, <laughs> um, Slade Wilson. Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people still feel that way. You know, I mean, of course, if you're in the if you're in the tag team that's being called the copy, you're probably going to be like, "Nah, we weren't a copy." <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, you never. They should just, yeah. just name him the copy. Yeah. The copy. <laughs> wow. You going yeah. hard? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize that Animal had only passed away not that long ago. He's yeah. only about like it was just about. Three oh yeah. Animal was not even Hawk died now. first. Yeah. yeah. yeah Hawk died. Man. That's yeah, crazy. They, they, they try to bring him back in early. They brought LOD back in like the 2000 with that. Yeah. Was it Animal and uh, Heidenreich or something yeah, like that? Heidenreich. Oh my yeah. god, that was such a shitty move. I wasn't <laughs> now, watching at that time. He didn't take uh, an animal nickname. That seems very odd. Yeah, oh, man, it was, it was just bad. Well, animal's bad not around. really an animal nickname. <laughs> yeah, it's just the word animal. Genre. But, but it's still not going by your name. <laughs> like that's 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 like Wolverine and Jean Grey. Let's at least. All, all right, not. Greg. Greg, come on. It's you and me. We gotta we we've gotta pick uh, nicknames for our creative for animal the animal themes. Yeah. I'm gonna be called Hawk. What are you going to be called? I'm animal. <laughs> animal? Well, you can't be all the animals. Well, you, like, well, no, you can't You can't just be animal. Like, well, you I want to be all of them. I, I, I can't pick just oh, one. I am animal. Well, <laughs> but if, if I'm Hawk, which is an animal. I'll just yeah. go by my name. How about that? <laughs> wow. Guys, no guys, no guys, one's going to believe Henry Higgins and Hawk yeah. are the two. I think we've uh, dedicated way too much time to a match that was under a minute. <laughs> <laughs> good point uh so after that we cut a video package of a million dollar man mistreating virgil the bodyguard and it shows dibiase and virgil's story of their falling out you know virgil was the longtime bodyguard of ted dibiase so this was another thing major thing that kind of played out through well you know i think when we were kids uh as is one of those like uh, uh kind of fuse that you remember because it was such a slow burn um, so it all comes to a head here at Mania 7 with Virgil versus Ted DiBiase. Um, a part of it that I had forgotten was the fact that Roddy, Par- uh, Roddy Piper was involved. He's on crutches, yeah, but he's trained in Vir- Virgil. Right. Oh, yeah, he did train Virgil. That's right. And he's in Virgil's corner despite the crutches. Um, so <laughs> I had a thought. I was like, is, is him training Virgil supposed to make up for him doing half blackface during Bad News? <laughs> Absolutely, it was. It feels and, like. And it. here's so I, I just actually watched a big uh, retrospective on uh, Rowdy, uh, Roddy Piper in WCW and like his battle with the NWO. And uh, there's a great scene, a great scene. It's a great uh, promo where uh, this is the actor in me. The actor. It is a scene. Uh, a scene. Uh, there, there's a great promo where uh, <laughs> they're doing their little he's, skits. <laughs> he's he's talking shit to the NWO and uh, Virgil's there as Vincent, and he's like, uh, he he kind of like steps up to him and he says, "Get out of you my way! I trained you, and don't think I can't kick your butt or something like that." <laughs> oh, and and I was just like, "Oh, that's cool." He that's brought cool. it over. It. Yeah, that is awesome. Um. So at I'm one such point, a fucking simple market. Some points. <laughs> no, dude. But I mean that—that's actually cool that they re- when they reference something that far and yeah. 
not only that far, but cross cross hands? promotion. Yeah, cross promotion. Yeah. That's something. Um, so at one point, DiBiase attacks Roddy, pushes him over. Later, uh, Piper pulls the rope down because of this, which causes DiBiase to spill to the outside. Um, DiBiase gets counted out while fighting with Piper, so Virgil gets the count out win here. Uh, DiBiase attacks Virgil after the match and straps on that million dollar dream. DiBiase and Sherry also attack the wounded Piper. Um, after that attack, Virgil urges Piper to do the same thing that Piper told him to do, which is to get up. Virgil helps Piper up, and for some reason, we get Piper's music to end the segment. <laughs> yeah. Because Virgil didn't have a song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yep. Um, just going to go out and say every single per- one of those persons could have beaten up uh, the nasty boys in real life. Million Dollar Man, Piper, Virgil. Sherry. Virgil, Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> Um, she can get it. Yeah, Sherry can of... absolutely get it. <laughs> I forgot you have a crush on her. Oh, I absolutely. Oh, God. Like, I, 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 the sensational Sherry is like incredible because, like, like her promos aren't always great, but like she always puts, like, once again, she wears her working boots every single time i think she legit scared me dude like i was just oh as a child she (laughs) certainly scares me but as an adult not at all (laughs) i now know what that fear was (laughs) (laughs) i I forgot that uh virgil's gimmick was a boxer yes it was the whole thing was uh, like i mean i don't know i they could have done virtual better yeah, he had boxers, shorts on, and everything. I didn't realize Virgil uh, appeared as Soul Train Jones in AEW, though, according to his Wikipedia. Oh, what? Well, yeah, I didn't know. That, that character either. sounds fantastic. I got to look that up and see I mean, that appearance. Virgil is notorious for like showing up places with like, you know, the Ted DiBiase and Virgil sign, mm. and then it's just Virgil <laughs> yeah. and getting people to pay for, oh, for autographs and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's kind of a grifter. So who who can say, man? Yeah, he's a Dude, little bit of everywhere. It's great. He just kind of rolls with just basically kind of like a boxing coach kind of vibe. Yeah. Like it's just pretty simple. <laughs> like boxing high in, school coach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's and he's kind of got this like sugar ray thing about him. It's kind of yeah. nice. Like it's, it's just like a dude who's just like, yeah, well, but I can kick your ass. <laughs> it's you know, another great. place that Virgil yeah, showed up. Yeah, I can up. kick your ass, Brian Nobbs. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty you know, another, boys, watch out. <laughs> yeah, you know another place Virgil showed up, right? Where? Yeah, uh, number 74 in the PWI top 592. I was surprised at that. I was like, you were number 74? You broke the top 100 wrestlers in, in uh, 92. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I guess How many good. wrestlers were there in 92? <laughs> 500 at least. How, ma- How many of them do you think we could name? Um, off the top of my head, probably a lot, but maybe like a, a hundred. I mean, he, he made it, he made that list because he's in the WWF at the time too. You know, like the smaller promotion probably had guys that could yeah. make that list. Yeah, that might be why he made. But yeah, seventy four is pretty damn good. I wanna, I wanna oh, wow. see some sort of video <laughs> of song singing the list yeah. to the, the. The Animaniacs, like, uh, <laughs> the, oh, the, the like, uh, name the, the, like, Sawyer just sent a picture of, uh, of Virgil to us in, uh, like, Uncle Sam garb. I think it's the same thing Hacksaw was wearing, probably. Yeah. Um, he wears it a little <laughs> bit better, I'm going to say, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I'll take Virgil I over Hacksaw. I think he's going for the, uh, Apollo look, right? From, Apollo uh, Creed, from, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Apollo Creed. Yeah, man. Dude, that's dope. That's killing it. <laughs> yeah. So after uh, Virgil and DiBiase. Real quick, can, uh, about this picture, uh, we can maybe link it in our Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Virgil's bulge. <laughs> y'all. Y'all. Look, what do, you think, what do you think the Soul Train is? <laughs> y'all. It's like... I don't know, man. I don't, he, he's got it either folded in an interesting way. I'm just saying, we'll post it. Please tell us your opinions because 
I th- I, I don't know. Maybe it's digitally <laughs> it's on enhanced. Soul Train Jones is bald. I say it's everyone. like a fruit roll up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like he's got like an L stuffed down his pants. <laughs> a capital L. Yeah. Uh, capital it L. hangs around, so he might even have it wrapped all the way around. <laughs> There's yeah, no real break in pants. the shorts. Next we uh, let's get this back on the rails. We will post this picture and ask your opinion because I want to know the pinhead's opinion on this. Yeah. Uh, next we go to Sean Mooney who introduces a slaughter and Hulk Hogan video package. Uh, they show slaughter. He's burning the Hulk t-shirt. I don't know why in my memory, I remember it as the American flag he was burning. But I guess it, it might as well have been at that thing. time. Might as well have been at that time. Um, pledge allegiance to Hulkamania, right. brother. Yeah. We get a Slaughter promo. We get the classic Pukamaniacs promo that that uh, that uh, Slaughter ended up being so known for. Um, to me, dude, Slaughter was probably the most hated heel in a long while, if not ever. And that's really saying something. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, you know. Slaughter may not have looked like a million bucks necessarily. He's not like your chiseled uh, bad guy heel that looked, or he's not even like huge, you know, like just overpowering, but out of shape. He's just like a great heel gimmick. He's a great talker and he can make anything work that he's, uh, that he's, you know, thrown his way. Uh, And uh, I mean, he really, to me, this is his like, best work probably you know i mean how do you how do you take somebody being like all right you got to pretend like uh during this gulf war that's actually happening that you sympathize with a guy that um that we're sending our real life troops over i thought it was a bold take for the time like i i can't imagine it today i think you could probably get away with it a lot more like i don't think it would cause as much of a of a stir as it seemed to have at the time um, Today they'd probably try to use somebody like Mustafa Ali though, because they yeah. are stupid racist when it right. comes to Middle Eastern storylines. <laughs> yeah, so, they've yeah. they done that with uh, what's that one guy that they brought up for a little bit? They had him feud with the Undertaker, and they made him like Tiger Ali like, Singh. Uh, was yeah. that who it was? Yeah, it was. It was bad. They did a whole. I don't know, it was. It was like uh, yeah, it was a bad gimmick. Yeah, it's not something they should touch, but they did. <laughs> I know, um, like I said, I've heard stories about Slaughter's family getting death threats over this, even though it might not have caused, like, you know, the change in venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's how serious this whole gimmick was. And it was huge when we were kids. I mean, I, I even realized at that time, this is risky for them to be kind of playing this kind of uh, role here. Um, I think it's also important to say that during this promo, uh, Slaughter actually threatens to get disqualified or counted out to, and he mentions like, hey, you know, I'll do this on purpose. That's what kind of heel I am. You might win the battle, but I'll win the war because I'll still have the title. Um, so just all in all, you got that promo calling all the Hogan fans maniacs. He's threatening to get DQ'd on purpose. Um, so it gets us nice and amped up for the, for the uh, main event, I think. Uh, um, after this, we get the Mountie versus Tito Santana. Hey, to you guys during the Mountie versus Tito Santana match, did Tito Santana seem kind of out of place at the time? I felt like it should have been Al Matador by that point, but it was right after that, I think. Yeah. Um, but I do remember thinking, like, feel like uh, chronologically, wow, the Mountie's around, El Matador should be around, right? But it's not so. Right here getting got, into the new gen right. gimmick. So we got the Mountie versus old school Tito Santana. And um, Mountie wins this quickly after he hits Santana with a cattle prod while the ref wasn't looking. Um, and I kind of looked this up because I was feeling that way about El Matador. And supposedly after this, Santana actually leaves for a while. He's, record, uh, um, he's uh, going over to... International World Class Championship Wrestling to feud with Tony Atlas. So that's where he goes before he comes back as El Matador. Kayfabe wise, he's learning how to bullfight. <laughs> hey, that's true. true. <laughs> yep. um, 
Also, real quick, Juan I want to I want to correct what I said earlier. I said it was Tiger Ali Singh. It was Mas- Muhammad Hassan. Uh, That's okay. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I remember that whole angle. It was just bad. Gotcha. Um. So after the Mountie versus Tito Santana, which is basically another squash match, I feel like there was like three or four of them leading up to the main event. Mm-hmm. Um. Next is Mean Gene. We get the Hulk Hogan promo. Uh, this is the Hulkster promo, which is like, you know, again, patriotic. Uh, they showed up the actual clip of Hulkster being attacked by Slaughter and General Adnan. He's got him in the camel clutch with the Iraqi flag. Um, this, uh, <laughs> this promo by Hulkster was great the way he kind of worked in like the national or the uh, national anthem and just the American national anthem in his promo. Uh, saying uh, Slaughter's going to be a victim of Twilight slash Gleaming. I thought that was really poetic of Hogan. <laughs> he- <laughs> I was like, wow, Hogan. He's he's a gentle soul. <laughs> he likes to take long, uh, thought-provoking strolls down the dock while he's contemplating life. And- <laughs> when he's strutting and cutting, when he's hanging and banging, sometimes he likes to listen to poetry. That's right. <laughs> Um, we finally get to our main event of WrestleMania seven, um, America. I feel like we need some sort of like uh, fanfare or something like to, like to, to, to get to the match the 14. Yeah. Uh, it does feel like the Homer Simpsons. How many uh, grades does this school have? I know. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that's a lot of matches on a card. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, that's a lot to cover. I mean, it's, it's all still pretty interesting, but again, you know, WWE, like, <laughs> we could have 30, 30 matches. And you're like, look, yeah. man, I don't want to miss this. This is when it started. This yeah. is when it started. I mean, <laughs> WrestleManias have always been traditionally longer, but this is absolutely when it started. Yeah. I'm sure housewives everywhere were thrilled. <laughs> yeah. So we get the very heart of the country on the line against Sarge of Slaughter, right? Hogan's like Uncle Sam, Baby Jesus. Uh, who else? What other famous heroes can he embody? Uh, American Apple Pie. <laughs> He's all of that rolled into he's a all that, yeah. red and yellow. Hot dogs. Yep. And yeah. hot, well, he's, he's known for hot dogging. <laughs> and fireworks. And <laughs> so they announced the first celebrity co-host. Imperialism. Imperialism. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> we, we get the celebrities out, right? We get the guest ring announcer, Alex Trebek. We get the timekeeper, Marla Maples, and then Regis Philbin. Alex Trebek announces world champ Sergeant Slaughter first, which is, uh, you know, that only happens if it's a Hogan match, right? The champion yeah. gets, you know, brought out first. Um, did you guys see that Hogan, that, uh, that Hulk Hogan sign that some fan made on uh, some old school printer? <laughs> did you notice that? Oh, with the, like it had the ream paper? Yeah, it had the ream yeah, paper. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, all I could think nice. about was like, that took 30 hours. <laughs> Yeah. The dot matrix printer. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say with '90s speed technology. Oh yeah, so, like they really, they really it took the entire cartridge too, man, which cost like fifty or a hundred dollars back then. So like, yeah. they were committed. And oh, you know what? They printed it at work. They yeah. printed it. At work. <laughs> yeah, with those printers that have zero stealth too. Like just remember, like, like oh, yeah. how like it was, like it was dying. <laughs> R.I.P. your headphones, everyone. <laughs> Boy, we cover everything on this show. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hogan, Feels like you're uh, back in the 90s, baby. Hogan <laughs> begins by chasing Slaughter and Adnan around the ring. Um, I could not help but, but notice during this time that they were running around, Hogan and Slaughter's shiny craniums during this match. Like I was like, man, this is probably one of the most – Bald-headed oh, ass God. matches in yeah. WrestleMania history, <laughs> and that's just and this match. Even, like, There's a lot like of bald, other balding bald, folk, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, it's like it's not like the good ball where you like completely yeah. bald. It's like they're hanging onto their strap like a Stanza style. Yeah, you know? yeah. They've either got the Jake the Snake, which it's like the yeah. receding hairline, yeah, or it's just that dome where it's almost the Frasier <laughs> look, where it's like very bald, but it's like a lot going on down here. <laughs> yeah, you would think at this point, McMahon's like, boy, I gotta get. Younger blood in here, right? When I start losing yeah. my hair, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna shave it. Shave just it. it. Me too. Go, That's go, Jason. Stay them. You know, <laughs> hold on to the sides. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. 
Um, At that point, you own it. You get ahead of it. <laughs> so I think the first thing that I loved about this match was when Hogan shoulder blocked Slaughter. And uh, Slaughter's sell job was so good when he just kind of backflips and his, like, whole legs land on the rings. Like, he's, like, upside down and his legs are, like, up against the ring, uh, the uh, ring ropes. Um, at one point, Slaughter hits Hogan with a chair on the outside. Um, the ref totally sees this, but still doesn't DQ Slaughter. So I guess at this point, it's one of those things where the ref has decided, like, this is a no DQ match. It never really gets stated, but there's just so much rule breaking going on in this match on both sides of the coin. Because <laughs> there's, there's all of the, uh, the people out there that, that still say to this day that Hogan was like one of the biggest heels in WWE. And this match is one of those things that they would use as evidence of that because he broke all kinds of rules during this match, just like, you know, Slaughter did. He was no different, right? What if that's the beauty of it? He's been a heel all along. And we, the greatest trick the devil ever yeah. pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. Like. In wrestling, I feel like it's notorious, especially at least in uh, the, the Fed. Yeah. You, you get a lot of faces that are like whiny yeah and they they cheat when it's convenient yeah Yeah. and like you're just like are you really a face and then you get heels that are like justifiably angry and like making valid points like you you get somebody like shane mcmahon who is like a billionaire and Mm -hmm. arguably shouldn't be taking the place of a wrestler and is old and then you get someone like Kevin Owens who is like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. You're yeah. taking the place of anyone else but you. And then they're like, mm, yeah, we're going to go with Kevin as the heel and Shane as the face. You cover that spectrum so perfectly, too, because it's people that embody like the best and the true worst on that. It's like you love Kevin Owens, but you're like, yeah, fuck Shane. <laughs> yeah. Right. I loved Everything about heel slaughter. I loved it when he was choking Hogan with the, um, the you know, electric cables. I love uh, the boots. Oh, the boots are awesome. You talk about with a little, uh, little pointy, heel, curly, right? The yeah. Iron Sheik heel, the Iron Sheik yeah. boots. Absolutely. Um, uh, later, slaughter. He thinks he's uh, he's won with a Boston Crab at one point, but the ref was just breaking the hole when Hogan grabbed the ropes. Uh, so there's a little psychology there when when Slaughter thinks he's won the whole thing. Um, now, at one point, again, back to the heel point, at one point, Sergeant Slaughter should have won this match, right? Because he had Hogan down for like a 20 count, right? Yeah. I mean, legitimately. I mean, I don't know whether realistically General Adnan was secretly Hogan's manager because, <laughs> I mean, he sat on the the ring apron for like, 30 seconds, keeping Slaughter from getting the win. You know what they call that, Jeremiah? They call that plot armor, and it's a big old pile of bullshit. (laughs) Hogan has the most plot armor of almost any wrestler. He does, man, and I think that's why you get such a diva out of it, is it's someone who hasn't entirely earned everything, and then they they, they think they deserve it all. Like, it's... (laughs) You know, and I loved him. I say to someone who loved him as a kid, and then as an adult, you're like, "That ah, fuck this noise." Same, huge fan <laughs> yeah. of Hogan. I think everyone loved Hogan as a kid, and as we got older and learned about his backstage mm-hmm. politics and all that, it was like you realize he's yeah. The character isn't even his. Like I, I right, swear to exactly. God, I thought I was being exactly. gaslit when we watched that old footage with uh, Billy Graham, <laughs> and I was like, "What the yeah. fuck is this?" Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So Slaughter eventually hits Hogan with a steel chair shot right to the head. He only gets a two count at this point. Even though, like I said, even though this is, is not a no DQ match, the ref again, he keeps it going. Uh, Hogan from here on out has blood pouring down his face, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Slaughter, he covers Hogan while also draping the Iraqi flag on top of him. Another classic like heel move by Slaughter there. Um, and of course, this kick out where you know slaughter attempts to pin hogan with the iranian uh, the iraqi flag rather uh this of course prompts hogan to hulk out you know we got to get the hulk out moment during every pay-per-view um 
So after he hulks out, you know, he rips the Iraqi flag to pieces. He does the Hogan leg drop shortly thereafter, and he pins Sla- uh, Slaughter to win the WWF championship. Um, I did love the last-minute kick-out attempt from Slaughter. to catch, uh, He went into business for himself, trying to make himself look strong. Yeah. <laughs> but, that uh, carny shit, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, of course, as we've heard from the Something to Wrestle With podcast, at the end of the pay-per-views, there's that uh, mandate that Hogan must pose to close the show. That's exactly what he did, you know. Hogan must pose. Um, <laughs> now, again... What is he, is, a Street Fighter is, character? <laughs> is, is Hogan wiping his face with the American flag a heel move, or is he so patriotic that it makes him super face? Like what's going on here like are you a hill as someone for de- de- defacing the flag or are you a, a face no no we're he's crimson american blood he is lucky oh. the america is lucky that hulk hogan is shedding his blood on oh. our flag okay. Okay. it's like the shroud of turin for for americana in the, in the early in the 90s. 90s yeah <laughs> seriously hulk's hulk's face his bronzer Bring me the blood of hogan yeah. His his fake tan appeared upon the image of the flag. <laughs> oh my god! I am a real American. So, uh... Weep not for me, but for yourself, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Lent, everybody! Happy Lent. <laughs> so, you know, it goes uh... up the air. Hogan's got the title. Hogan posed. Overall, what'd you guys think? Um, the high, yeah, I, I would say about a B plus. I yeah, I think you shave it down to the matches that we specifically like touched heavily mm, on, like like the better <laughs> match, like like look trim the yeah. fat on this one, and it would have been that, a that, great. Yeah, definitely the highlight was Warrior and uh, Macho Man, and then yeah. um, I noticed we kind of like we cover the main event, but we kind of glossed over it compared to how long we spent on Macho Man and uh, Warrior. What you got to talk yeah. about, uh, Hogan versus Slaughter, man? Talk about it. You got we got more stuff to mention. I got nothing to mention. Oh. I, <laughs> he, oh, you mean the actual? You mean like the actual match itself? Is that? Yeah, what you're I, oh. yeah. I, I watched that and I was like, man. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're saying like yeah. you felt right. like it was something yeah. to gloss over. It's like you know, okay, they did a blade job. Oh. cool. We'll be whatever. I thought you were another saying, Hogan. I, I thought you were saying we needed to talk more about that match. No, I got nothing. Song's <laughs> like no, no. Actually, I think we no, should talk about that. I mean, the less time we can spend on that match would be the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you didn't no, really. So you weren't really a fan of the match then, Song. No, I wasn't, and oh. I, I I appreciate how hard Sergeant Slaughter worked the match, mm-hmm. but yeah. over you know it's it was they had a formula they a formula they used that formula for the match and, right you know I we got of, the ending yeah I kind of think that Sergeant Slaughter was the the part of it that I really love watch I mean that really great heel work of his I agree I appreciate um, that yeah. I mean, I think there's some still some great matches. Like the the uh, the retirement match with Savage and Warrior was pretty mm-hmm. fantastic. Definitely. The blindfold match was amazing. I, yes. I think to me that was the perfect gimmick for the episode. Yeah, the psychology um, in that blindfold match was unmatched by anything else that I've yeah. seen. There you go. But I honestly think the Hulk Slaughter thing would have been cooler if Slaughter won. It never would have happened. But <laughs> it never wow. would have happened. That would have been wow. crazy. I think we're all forgetting match of the night, which is the Rockers versus Haku <laughs> and the Barbarian. Um, well, one thing, anything one with thing the Nasty that, Boys. Well, but then with that tag match, though, like at least they like you know before they did the pre-interview, like they were oh we're the tag team specialists, and then when they actually went out and wrestled, they kind of had tag team maneuvers and things mm-hmm. like that. So at least they kind of you know they stuck with the script and went what. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, so it's not a bad match. I know you're being sarcastic, but I did enjoy that tag match. Yeah. Um, no, I did. I, I enjoyed it. I'm just being a jackass. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> something I did not know until I did a little research was that Tugboat Taylor was actually once considered for the role of the Iraqi nemesis, according to Sports Kita. Oh, what? He was <laughs> chic Tugboat, right? They yeah. were going to... He was going to be Sheik Tugboat. Right, exactly. Toot, toot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, I thought that was crazy. I wonder how that would have turned out in an alternative. That would have been way more comical and way less cool. <laughs> so since we're, since I do want to ask you guys a question before we go off the air. Um, if you uh, were to be in charge of doing a similar storyline today as the Hogan versus Slaughter thing, who would the antagonist and the pro- protagonist be and what would the storyline be? Sorry, I didn't catch the antagonist for who. Sorry, who was he that? said? So, who, would, who would it be if so if we were just doing... like the Iraqi War thing, Hogan versus Slaughter? If we were to do that today, who's that going to be? What's it look like? Is it going to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if it, that was going to happen it's, today, so of course that's I tough think... because we don't have a war going on. But... We also yeah, and we're well, engaged in different like military yeah. like. There's so much going on there. We've Honestly, currently been thing- at war for 17 years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the well. Also, too, it's like if anything, I think it's the either the maskers and the anti-maskers or the. Oh, that would be a good one. That's, that would be the see, closest. That would be that. like trivial, but like not well. Oh, then again, five five hundred million or five hundred thousand people did die, so maybe could COVID be now? I I don't know. Yeah, like. <laughs> What is everything is such a serious topic now that like, like you have to walk on that. It everything is yeah. so polarized that I don't know if you could pick a real world topic and not seriously make somebody and mad. and at the same time I don't know if picking a non real world topic would, would work. Maybe would the same. Maybe politics itself, when they're just kind of picking on the people. I mean, oh nowadays God. everyone's so psycho. Maybe it's... union anti-union, yeah. like do a, a story where like Sami Zayn is trying to unionize the the federation, and he's got like a a stable of dudes who's his like you know union, and it's against. I don't know. Okay. I, I wouldn't say corporate anti-corporate. H, but Cor- like corporate, corporate, corporate anti-corporate. Yeah, yeah. that's well, that's the way to do it now. He's got a lot of room for small business tweeners in there too. Like, and you know, like. <laughs> I like that. That was good. That kind small of also business <laughs> reeks of like this stone cold stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that seems to be the safest thing that's political air. without being totally political. Um, I just too. think I think things are a lot more polarized now, which you know is a reflection of where we're at and so i think it's harder to i mean they got heat for it back then mm-hmm. um, I, well, then again maybe not that we're so we're so our our new cycle is so move on it's like you know like we are we we move on to the next thing so quickly that maybe right, yeah. it could be it could be uh well, there's also less gimmicks nowadays too. Yeah. There's a lot less people doing characters and themes. I'm not saying they're not. There's still plenty in different levels, but WWE has really evolved into the athlete kind of thing for the most part. I feel like there's certain people like you know the Fiend or or uh, who else is somebody else that has like a character. Yeah, I mean, Seth, Seth Rollins is currently playing a character. Yeah, even he, and it took a while like, to get there. Yeah, yeah, he's like the messiah now, so maybe they can do like a religion versus anti-religion type thing where you have or like yeah, a... Or yeah, cult versus not cult yeah, shit. Yeah, where you have Jesus, yeah. <laughs> where you have Jesus, Seth Rollins, right. taking on like, you know... Oh, I loved watching him in KO. don't no believe. Yeah, yeah. I really right. wish that they really need to do a longer feud with with Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins. It would be that mania was so match good. was awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was so good. Did Seth kind of get away from the Messiah thing though? His most he, recent comeback. Well, he he Messiah. came back and he's still acting like he's some kind of a visionary. Like he try, he was trying to get like I think he was trying to get some more followers from um yeah. Uh, Antonio Cesaro oh, and gotcha. uh, Nakamura and stuff like that. Right. But he, he he's now doing that whole gimmick where he doesn't wear a shirt under his blazer. <laughs> yeah, and he's got really crazy ass suits now too. Yeah, I don't know what's yeah. going on with that. Like John Cena level? Oh, dude, they're they're beyond Cena level suits, man. You should check out some of the suits that Seth Rollins wearing now. Yeah, he's. Oh. Uh, maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll post a picture yeah. of one. Speaking anyway, of Cena, uh, oh, real quick, 
Yeah. I feel like we're also on the upswing of the Cena Hollywood trajectory with Doom Patrol. I think that's going to be his. You know how we've been talking about how he's doing the Rock, like the oh, yeah. you mean uh, you mean Suicide Squad, right? Right. Yeah. What did I say? Did I say something? Else? You said, you said Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Oh, I said yeah. Doom Patrol. I did. <laughs> what we were talking Suicide about Squad. earlier. Yeah. Right. Right. No, but Suicide Squad. I think it's going to be his uh, his upswing on upswing. that towards it, where he's going to start becoming kind of he's wor- he's he's coming for you, Rock. <laughs> yeah, he's not even showing up on WWE TV lately. Anyway, we'll see if he's around for Mania, but I doubt it. I don't think he's going to show up at all. But uh, yeah, guys, I, one more time, I want to thank Nick uh, for reaching out to us and recommending that we uh have a look have a watch of wrestlemania 7 and review it we've had a fun time doing it so we appreciate the recommendation we welcome all of our fans and all of our listeners to reach out to us ask us questions ask for a certain show to be made uh, right now hey we might do it so yeah hit us up we uh we love hearing from you uh everybody y'all have a great night until next time peace As always, thank you so much for listening. Now, we want to hear from you. You can hit us up at pinthechamppodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at pinthechamp123. And our Google Voice number is 804-446-1139. We can't wait to hear from you.